The following podcast is by Mr. Jim Taylor, elder law and special needs attorney, helping and protecting those who need long-term care. And welcome back to Answers for Elders Radio as we are talking about elder law. And what does that actually mean for our families and how are, you know, how we can best navigate elder care and senior care. And one of the things that um, we are very blessed to, to talk about today is with a, uh, a topic I think that is really important for family caregivers. And so if you're taking care of a loved one, uh, please listen to the following segment. This is important for so many reasons. And I will tell you as a previous caregiver for my mom, it was probably one of the most important things that I learned in the process. And we are joined again by Mr. Jim Kaler, who is an elder law attorney in Ohio. But Jim is also a wonderful resource for us because he is connected to elder law attorneys all across the country. And as a result, um, he's here to talk a little bit about advanced directives. And what does that actually mean, especially if you're taking care of a loved one? So Jim, welcome back to Answers for Elders. Thanks, Suzanne. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad you're here. So we talk about advanced directives. That's also talking about you know, it's called a power of attorney, but there's different types. And, uh, you know, what is a power of attorney or advanced directive and why is it important? Well, let me, before we get into that, let me clarify one thing. This okay. is this is more for people who aren't yet taking care of people in their family. Absolutely. This is planning ahead before the roof Thank came. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So um, if you are a family caregiver and the person to whom you are providing care has written good advanced directives, your life is easier. Mm-hmm. So if you are the family caregiver, please listen to this and prepare good advanced directives for yourself, for your eventual caregivers to make their lives easier. Amen on that one. But from my seat, I'm a big, I like to talk about advanced directives because someone who comes to me, because I work in crisis long-term care, I help people who can no longer take care of themselves and help them get Medicaid, VA benefits, whatever to pay for care. And if they come to me with no or with weak advanced directives, my job is a lot harder. If they come to me with good advanced directives, then my job is easier. So that's an interesting thing when you say a weak advanced directive and a, and a, um, you know, a well done one, you know, people just think it's all the same. They think that, uh, you know, they're going to go on to a site, website, and download a form and fill it out. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Please don't no, do that. No, don't do that. Yeah, exactly. So, so what makes, what makes a good advanced directive, I guess, is my question. Okay. As far as I'm concerned, a good advanced directive is written uh, to prepare for the risk of long-term care in the future. Okay. Powers of attorney uh, there are two basic types, general power of attorney and healthcare power of attorney. Mm-hmm. The easiest way to describe that is healthcare power of attorney is like skin and contents. Healthcare power of attorney is about everything that health insurance would cover and a few other things like that. Health insurance is not going to pay for a nursing home, but a healthcare power of attorney empowers someone to make nursing home decisions. And a general power of attorney can be everything else. Mm-hmm. It can be limited. I mean, it, it, here in Ohio, and I suspect this is pretty true in many states we can have a a power of attorney as small as allowing my spouse to go get my drive my uh, license plate for my car 
because mm -hmm. I she can't go get it if I don't give her a power of attorney to do so uh, because yeah. the DMV won't give it to her. Right. So there's these very limited powers of attorney. But in planning ahead for the risk of long term care in your future, mm -hmm. you want a broad general power of attorney and a healthcare power of attorney. In some states, they're called healthcare proxies. Uh, but really? they're the same concept. You empower right. someone else to make decisions for you mm -hmm. on certain things that you put in there. Mm -hmm. My suspicion is most states have a form healthcare power of attorney. Here in Ohio, we're very lucky. We have an excellent form healthcare power of attorney. It was negotiated with hospitals, doctors, government agencies, hospice and respite care industries. Mm -hmm. So they revisit this every once in a while. Our last change was in 2017. Mm -hmm. uh, and the one before that was in 16. So they're looking at this pretty constantly. Sure. Other states, I hope they have quality documents like we have. Use that one. Right. Okay. Right. A healthcare emergency can happen. A banking emergency isn't going to be you individually. It's going to be a crash of the economy. So your power of is not going to make any difference in a banking emergency. Okay. Anything that you need done through a general power of attorney can wait till tomorrow. True. Anything that you can't need done through a health care power of attorney might need done right now. So mm -hmm. you want that doctor or nurse or caregiver to have mm -hmm. seen this form before and know what they're looking at. Right, right. And, you know, it's interesting, too, when you say that, because you're absolutely right in, in making sure that you know who that person is, but even more important if you're say establishing a son or a daughter to be your power of attorney, um, you need to know what your you know your what you want in advance. Don't leave it up to their judgment because you never know what what uh, you know. You might say, "I don't want to be kept alive artificially if there's no chance for me to um, you know to be revived or if I'm beyond a certain things." You need to communicate that to whoever's advocating for you in that response. I and you know you think about I was power of attorney for my mother, and when they came to me when she was at the end of her life and they said, basically, you know, we can initiate comfort care and start and allow her to, you know, to pass away peacefully, or we can keep her alive for the next two weeks. If you want, you know, two to three weeks, she might last. And I, you know, I had to make that decision and that was a very powerful, profound decision on my behalf, but you know what? I knew what my mother would want. And that was, that was comfort to me. And I think one of the things that families tend to not do is have those difficult conversations. And somebody like you can help initiate those conversations with the family. So as you're planning those things in advance, you want to make, I, I'm, I'm sure you have those decisions. Do you not? Yes. Now, I don't do a whole lot of that work because I, I, I focus my practice on long-term care. But many, right. most of my elder law competitors do estate planning and include advanced mm -hmm. directives for mm -hmm. whatever reason i don't enjoy that work so i do a lot mm -hmm. of talking about it and encouraging people to have quality advanced directives mm -hmm. but i don't do that work except extremely extremely rarely because i just didn't find it interesting yeah yeah well but and it's it's the, a the, difficult the conversation up. but even managing a financial uh, power of attorney 
how do you want your money spent? You know, what are the most important things to you in, in me making these decisions? Is it important for me to make a decision that you're kept in a really nice place that, so that we drain all your finances? Or do you want to just be more practical with your money and have money left over for people to inherit? Those are the things, those are the kind of questions way in advance that that power of attorney obviously needs to know. Is that correct, Jim? That is correct. The person needs to know. In addition, you need to write the document, the written mm -hmm. power of attorney. Technically, yes. the person is the attorney, in fact, or agent, depending on what mm -hmm. term your state likes to use. Mm -hmm. The power of attorney is just a sheaf of papers with instructions sure. on it. Sure. It tells the world, Suzanne is my agent. She can mm -hmm. speak for me if I can't speak for myself. No, and here's By the way, you're not my agent. Yeah. So uh, just to be clear. Just yeah, an example. I but was financial power. Want it well written. You want to empower that agent with yes. lots of choices because most states have adopted what is called the Uniform Power of Attorney Act. Now, it's not uniform. They make little tweaks here and there. Uh -huh. But the basic outline is the same. And it is not very powerful for long-term care. It is quite weak for long-term care. So when... If you start looking for an attorney to help you write good powers of attorney, my suggestion is you look for uh, an elder law attorney. Um, you can find one through NALA.org, find a lawyer. NALA is N-A-E-L-A, National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys. And then when you find those, there's a find a lawyer button, put in your zip code. And then when you find, a, that will give you a list. Look mm -hmm. at individuals on that list, look at their website, see if they do long-term care or Medicaid work Okay. and estate planning. People who do long-term care work tend to write better powers of attorney. Attorneys who do only estate planning and probate administration, in other words, the stuff after you die, they assume you're going to die and that's all that's going to happen. They don't, they rarely think, they don't think, about don't think that, very much about what happens frame. in between. Mm -hmm. So yeah. go to an elder law attorney who has a lot of experience in long-term care, and you will probably get a better power of attorney than you would if you go to an estate planning attorney with little or no long-term care experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sorry, well, my estate planning friends. Sense. I apologize, but that's the truth. And no, and I'm really glad that you bring that up for sure, because that's one thing. So you're talking about NALA. So if you're outside of the state of Ohio, um, how it's, I think it's NAELA.org. NAELA.org. <clears throat> and you can, and, and listen to Jim's advice on how to find a good, um, you know, elder law attorney to ha draft up your power of attorney. It's very important. And second of all, make sure that- Now, I will, I will admit, I'm probably unusual. I don't know that I'm the only elder law attorney right? that doesn't want to do estate planning, um, but the vast majority of, of elder law attorneys will do estate planning. Mm -hmm. I just don't like the work, so I said no. Yeah, and I, you know, Jim, I'm going to close with a really quick story just of why this is so important. Um, my mom had dementia. She had a 200 and some thousand dollars to, to live on. And she was perfectly capable of managing her own finances until such time that she started to decline. And the doctor um, went ahead and he, um, he activated because she was declared incompetent at that point. And so we ended up then the, my power of attorney went into effect. The bank sent me a cop a credit card with my name on it that had AIF at the at the 
act, you know, thing. Attorney in fact, that's the, mm -hmm. that's the reference mm -hmm. I was making. But my mother was online or on the phone ordering from catalogs to the point of $20,000 of credit card debt. Had I not had that power of attorney, I would have been liable for that. And those are the things when we look at these, these scenarios, thank goodness there are documentations in place to save and protect our family caregivers or those that are poverty attorneys. That is a document to protect you. And it's also to keep you you know, safe in liability. So that's just my two bits here <laughs> to say that's why that document is so, so important. So thank you so much, Jim, for being with us. And we're very excited. Jim's going to be with us for several segments in the future. And we're looking forward to learning more about elder law. So in the meantime, everyone, um, you can reach Jim at J-K-O-E-W-L-E-R-A-F-E. -E. So my first initial, my last name, weird as it is, that's my last name dash AFE for answers for elders. It allows me to figure out who's, how people found me at protectingseniors.com. And Jim can also be reached through answersforelders.com. And he's also all on our platforms on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. So we're looking forward to future conversations with you. And thank you so much, Jim, for being on our show today. Thank you, Suzanne. State of Ohio residents, you have a friend to help you navigate long-term care while protecting your assets. You can reach Jim at www.protectingseniors.com or just email him at j-k-o-e-w-l-e-r-a-f-e, that's j-kaylor-a-f-e at protectingseniors.com. Hi everyone, this is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me, listen now, search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.